0: It's the things that people talk about you when you're not there. It's not your job title. It's not that you were a parent or a spouse or a neighbor. It's about the impacts that you made to make you a person of interest. And we all have it. And you're leaving a brand, by the way. Everybody has a personal brand, whether they realize it or not. So if you know you're leaving a legacy, why wouldn't you want it to be a powerful and a meaningful one? helping you create
1: loyal customers and loyal employees all through the power of simplicity. This is the Simple Brand Podcast, now heard around the world, including Bellefontaine, Ohio. I'm your host, Matt Lyles, and this week I'm talking with Dr. Cindy McGovern. Dr. Cindy is best known as the first lady of sales. She's an internationally renowned keynote speaker, and she's the founder of Orange Leaf Consulting, which helps thousands of organizations, entrepreneurs, and individuals create dynamic and robust sales processes. And Dr. Cindy is a Wall Street Journal best-selling author of two books, including her latest, Sell Yourself, How to Create, Live, and Sell a Powerful Personal Brand. Dr. Cindy and I discuss her lessons from Sell Yourself all around the right ways to create and manage a personal brand. You'll hear how everyone, even you, has a personal brand, whether you like it or not. You'll learn about the critical components that go into creating a personal brand, and you'll learn how to connect your personal brand with your organization's brand for an even greater impact. And all these lessons will help you thrive, not only in your professional life, but in your personal life, too. So here it is. Here's my interview with Dr. Cindy McGovern. Hi, Dr. Cindy welcome to the show.
0: Hi, it's so awesome to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, I'm excited that you are here. Congratulations on Sell Yourself. That's your second book, right?
0: It is. It is. Hard to believe it's actually here.
1: (laughs) Your focus is primarily around sales, the sales industry, sales professionals. But then with Sell Yourself, Yes, it's around sales, but I think it goes beyond just sales professionals.
0: So talk to me about that. So I never wanted to be in sales, funny enough, and oh. got pushed into a sales. Oh, yeah, I know. It's kind of funny. I write sales. But I, I never wanted to be in sales. I got pushed into a sales role in a job many, many years ago, and I thought, I'm going to get fired. I, I can't do this. I'm not fast talking. I'm not slick. I'm not quick on my feet. Like, th- that's not it. I could not have been more wrong. I care about people and I care about helping people. That's all sales is. Yeah. But I wasn't taught that, right? So when I realized sales is a different thing and that I was actually selling myself every day, just in my interactions, I went, wait a second, why didn't anybody teach me this? So that's what led me to start writing books is to try to help people take sort of that business skill that's really a life skill.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of times we think of the typical salesperson. Um, a lot of times we, we, we think of, well, I think of, uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and Alec Jordan, yes. you know, always be closing. And I've never liked that idea, but you know, in my role, gosh, I want to say that this was probably nine or 10 years ago. I decided that one of my mantras for my role is always be helping. And that's, that, that's just what you said that selling is it selling is really helping.
0: It, it's really just discovering if you find somebody with a need and you have a way to solve that need, why wouldn't you? Yeah, And, and I mean, maybe it's because I'm originally from the South. Like we've, we've talked about that, you know, pre-show it's like, but I really do believe that everybody wants that. But the problem with the word sales is everybody has the same avatar in their mind that you and I did. They have this pushy, I actually call them Tommy two thumbs. It's that, really pushy, like, hey, what's it going to take to get you in this car today kind of thing. But when you even think about it, like even the car sales doesn't use those tactics. That is such a minute portion of the sales population. But truthfully, we are selling ourselves in everything we do. You're selling yourselves to your, I mean, if you've ever been on a date, that's a sales conversation. (laughs) You got somebody to marry you, that's a sales conversation. So we are truly all selling.
1: All the time. And so when we think of it that way, that's why it seems so easier to tie the fact that, oh, we're all selling. We're all selling ourselves. So what is it that we're selling? We're selling our personal brand. But when it comes to branding, when it comes to brand, when it comes to personal brand, I think a lot of people have different ideas as to what a personal brand is. But I'd love to know from you, what's your definition of a personal brand?
0: So great question. So my definition is basically the legacy you're leaving in the world. It's the things that people talk about you when you're not there. It's not your job title. It's not that you were a parent or a spouse or a neighbor. It's about the impacts that you made to make you a person of interest. And we all have it. And you're leaving a brand, by the way. Everybody has a personal brand, whether they realize it or not. So if you know you're leaving a legacy, why wouldn't you want it to be a powerful and a meaningful one? And so that's what really compelled me to write this book is I want to be able to help people to leave the legacy that they want.
1: I'm so thankful and grateful to hear you say that because I don't think that I've ever heard anyone else before you tie legacy to your personal brand. And I'm so happy to hear that because Again, like that's that's something that I started, you know, tying into how I define myself and how I want to see myself. Um, This was probably, you know, a little over a decade ago is, oh, what's the legacy that I want to leave? And I come from a faith background of a strong faith and read in Proverbs, a godly man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And when I read that, like a lot of times I think, oh, you're talking about financial inheritance. No, like I realized, no, like that's actually legacy. And it's not just like my literal children. It's who I interact with and then who those people interact with. So if I've got this opportunity to teach some lessons that are important to me or to make somebody feel a way that I want them to feel, then how would it be if when I'm gone, those people that are able to do that to other people.
0: That's, li- oh, I kind of got chills when you said that though, because that's literally why I did this. Like, That's literally why I wanted to get this message out is because every single person is leaving that legacy today. Maybe they haven't been as mindful a- of it as you have been. Maybe they haven't sat there and said, hey, I'm going to actually do some things on purpose around this, but we're leaving it. We're, yeah. and, and if you're a manager, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a parent, if you're a friend, if you're a neighbor, it's not the first impression, the second impression, the third impression. Those are parts of your reputation. Your brand is when they think of you, it's like, this is who you are. And you're my go-to guy for music. You're my go-to person for gardening. You're my go-to person for business advice. That becomes your brand. And we're very multifaceted. It doesn't mean that you're a right. one-note brand. But you have to be purposeful in what you promote to the world and what you want to be known by.
1: Yeah, because another thing that ties to this that we don't always think about when we think about our personal brand. So you write in your book, you do have a personal brand and everyone knows what it is except for you. Yeah. (laughs) Explain that.
0: Well, it's a little harsh, but I had to say it pretty much point blank to get people's attention on this because I have a lot of people who will say, well, I don't need a personal brand in my role. I don't care what your role is, you're a human being on the earth interacting with other humans. You've got one. And if you've got those blind spots around your brand that you don't know what it is, you don't know how people are perceiving you, you don't know what attributes people have assigned to you, that could actually be holding you back in achieving your goals, both personally and professionally, because they're saying you know, it's it's the thing where. You have a person that has been passed over promotion after promotion after promotion. They do all the work. They check all the boxes. Maybe the blind spot is they've got this look on their face that just looks like they hate the world and hate everything about it. That's going to leave an impression on others and it's sadly going to overshadow the work you do. So it's keeping clear of any of those roadblocks that are preventing you. And you kind of have to do a little inventory around that and be honest about it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I come from a brand strategy, brand management background, and I've got a number of authors of, you know, like brand leaders that I've read over the years. One of my favorites is Marty Neumeier, and he talks about in the brand gap as it relates to like, you know, a corporate brand, your brand isn't what you say it is. It's what they say it is.
0: (laughs) He calls it brand gap. I call it your blind spots. It is is literally the same thing from marketing and selling yourself perspective because we all have them every single person has blind spots in their brand but if you're not seeking to learn what they are and figure out if that's helping or hindering you chances are it's going to hinder you and so I I invite people to seek those out ask for that honest feedback from people that you know and trust who will be kind enough to be honest with you
1: yeah because, you know, when it comes to like a corporate brand, it's pretty easy to go out and just do a lot of, you know, quantitative or qualitative customer research. Because we're not that deeply ingrained in the brand where if we get that negative feedback, it's it's okay. Well, we could, let's write this down and figure it out. But when it comes to our personal brand, getting any of that negative feedback can be really scary. You know, we, yeah. we don't want to get hurt by that negative feedback.
0: Well, and I agree, but it is that thing that everybody knows it but you. So, you know, it's sort of like the spinach in your teeth. Wouldn't you want somebody to tell you? (laughs) You know, (laughs) so you've got to solicit it.
1: Yeah, and then so once you solicit it, then what do you do?
0: So then you actually take that information and decide, you know, first of all, is this valid information for me? Do I think that this is actually true? And the way that you solicit the advice and the feedback is kind of crucial. You you need to preface it with saying, you know, Matt, I really want your honest feedback. I'm trying to get this promotion, or I'm trying to, you know, really change my image in the neighborhood, and and I just want your honest and kind feedback in terms of what are some of the things that are being said? What are the things that you're seeing where I'm not living up to who I think I am in the world? Yeah. And and when you give that sort of openness and and sort of open that door for that other person to give you that information. Then you've created a safe space where you're willing to be vulnerable. And if you're willing to sit in that vulnerability and take that feedback in, then you can really look at it and say, okay, well, Matt just told me that, you know, yeah, I kind of got this look on my face every time I get asked to do something at work. And I don't really look like I'm super happy about it. So maybe that's why people aren't giving me more assignments. So I need to work on that. And then you make a choice to do kind of what I call a micro rebrand. And you just start doing little pieces. And, you know, it's not like you're going to do a wholesale brand change, most likely. We start doing these little things to start changing those impressions. And I think when it comes to
1: receiving that feedback, when we ask people, when when we solicit that feedback from others, I think it's really helpful to keep in mind that if they give you feedback on how you can change, they care about you. Someone who does not care about you, someone who does not even like you, they're either going to say, no, I really don't have time. Or they're going to say, yeah, you're fine. No worries. And then I'm going to be on my way. But if they tell you, like, hey, here's something that you can really change on, they care enough to tell you.
0: And I think that that's an amazing thing. And it's a great observation because nobody does this life alone. Nobody. I don't care who you are. Somebody gave you a job somewhere at some point, gave you a start. Like, everybody has had help from someone. And that is unbelievably wonderful gifts that they're giving you, is that honest feedback. Because we've all seen those television talent shows where the the bad ones are the one that make the highlight reel. And it's like, why didn't anybody tell them they cannot carry a tune without a bucket? Like, why didn't someone help this poor person? Yeah. And, and And so maybe you're the tone-deaf person <laughs> and you're, again, the only one that doesn't <laughs> know that. So... <laughs> Good idea to ask for that feedback. <laughs> yeah.
1: And then make sure that, you know, that, that, that you're able to surround yourself with people that care enough to give you that feedback, too.
0: One of the things I love about that, though, is for managers in particular, mm. I love when part of your brand is being able to open that people come to you for feedback and that your brand is openness to receiving feedback. And that's something that I do a lot of coaching with managers on in terms of what's your brand? Are you, are you selling your team on the fact that they can give you honest feedback that you have spinach in your teeth, or are you the manager that gives lots of feedback to them but you're completely closed off? And it's it's a two two way street.
1: It is, and I think as professionals progress in their career, like like as you go up that chain to new and higher leadership levels, the ones who are really Strongest and the ones who have uh, the full buy-in from their teams are the ones who are open enough and vulnerable enough to accept the feedback from their people.
0: 100%.
1: Okay, so you've solicited the feedback. You understand what your brand is according to what everybody else says. Now, how do you go about crafting the brand that you want?
0: So I think it starts with your core values and who you really are and who you want that legacy to be. And so I'm, a, you know, the book is kind of a workshop in a book. It's the old college yeah. professor and me. I can't help but give homework, you know. So so I, I talk about this, but but the exercise is really just thinking about what are those words that you want people to use to describe you and then taking it one step further to figure out how that creates a legacy. Because it's not about A descriptive word. You're a dad. You're a mom. You're a friend. It's you're the friend that was there for me when so and so passed away. And I knew that I could count on you no matter what. You were the colleague at work that always checked in on me when you knew I was slammed and just to see if there was anything you could take off my desk. It's that impact. And so you start with figuring out what the storyline is. And then you start crafting how you're going to live it every single day.
1: Well, then what if what if the brand that you hear from others doesn't quite match the brand that you aspire to be (laughs) like, I want my brand to be this. Others say it's this. How do I bring this over here?
0: So the first thing is you've got to make a choice because there are some things that you may have to abandon of your old brand to be able to live this new one. You know, it's like someone making a healthy lifestyle change. You're not going to eat the plate of brownies anymore. Maybe you just get to, you know, So oh, hey, no judgment, man, no judgment from me. But But you have to recognize what you're willing to live with and how you can live this day in and day out. And if the feedback that you get from people is so far off brand than what you think you are, yeah, Pay attention to that because you are doing something day in and day out. You have sold them on that brand. So you're going to have to reverse, recraft, and then start selling even harder. And they've sort of filed you away. They've already put you in this. Nope, you live in this bucket over here. You're the guy or gal that always says no to the parties. So we're going to stop inviting you. You want to be invited to the party? You better start raising your hand and asking. Sometimes
1: if it's hard for you to recognize when you do those actions, you have to try really hard to pay attention to that. also think that, and this goes back to what was more earlier about having those close connections, those close people in your network to help hold you accountable. I think it helps to have someone where you can say to them, hi, you know what? I'm trying to work on this habit right here. Can you be mindful and help me work on this habit? In my previous corporate role, I was, uh, I I was very animated. I had a lot of animated facial expressions. I I didn't realize it at the time. And sometimes when somebody would say something, uh, I, I might show an animated facial expression that probably wasn't what I wanted to show. And so that was some feedback that came up in my personal branding research. And then I had a colleague who at the time We worked together most of the day because we were working together on a really big project. So I I came to her, I said, hey, this is some feedback that I got. I'm curious, would you be able to help me? And if we're in a meeting or you see that I, you know, start to make some facial expression, if you could just like tap on the table and I will know I need to recompose myself. And that was a huge help having somebody help me be mindful of that.
0: But you had the level of self-awareness. To seek the feedback, be open to it, right. take it and actually change. That's a commitment to that shift. And that's when you're saying like, you want this brand, this is a brand that's out there. You really got to make that that journey. And it really is a lifestyle change. It really is something that you're committed to because you want to live it day in and day out. But what, a, what an amazing story that is, given that you had a colleague that you trusted and they trusted you enough that they could be honest about it. That's that's phenomenal. I love that.
1: Yeah. I'm so grateful for the people that I got to work with and the relationships that I had in my previous corporate role. So yeah, like it, it was it, it it was really cool to be able to have people that um and and it wasn't just me and just this colleague. I think most of our team recognized that and we all helped each other.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I love hearing those stories. <laughs> Hooray. All right, So when it
1: comes to crafting your brand, you've developed a framework of what are the three critical components to help you do that. So can you walk me through those components?
0: Yep. So the first thing is you create that brand, truly identifying who you want to be in the world, what you want to be known as, and what those pieces are. And then sustainability. You've got to be able to be super authentic about this. You've got to be able to live it. You've got to be able to control your face or whatever it is, right? So whatever those pieces are of the feedback that you got, but then you live it. And that's hard for a lot of people because people can put on an act for a while. But if you get burnout from your own brand, you're not going to be able to sustain it. And I've seen this with managers who, especially new managers, come out of the gate and they're I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then it's like your meeting is the most boring meeting in six months, you know, (laughs) because you can't sustain it. That's not who you are. So part of the crafting is knowing your own strengths and weaknesses. And don't try to become something you don't really know how to be. If you want to aspire to something that's different. But if this is just so inauthentic for you, like we were talking, you know, about Myers-Briggs before before we started recording. And if you know you're an introvert, then your brand should not be 100% extroverted because you're not going to be able to do it all the time. And yeah. that's that living piece. You've got to live it day in and day out because the whole point is to build trust. And if it's inconsistent, if it's a split personality brand, people don't know, you know, pe- people like to file you in their mind. And, and so they, they need to know, oh, that's who you are. And then the third part is being your own advocate and selling yourself selling your brand and making sure you're getting your network and the people around you to be advocates for the person you want to be known as.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, because it it can't just be just you. I mean, eventually, like other people need to say, oh, you're know, like, here's Matt. He's the simplicity guy. But as it relates to the living piece, you write, behave like the person you want others to believe you are. So to me, like that ties to that whole live section. So how can we ensure that we're doing that consistently?
0: So the first thing is continue to ask for feedback. I really do believe it's not just a one-time feedback piece. Okay. But one of the greatest ways to do self-feedback is are you reaching your goals? Are you getting closer to achieving what you want? And if you're not, do a little self inventory and go. Okay, wait a second. I thought I was thought I was being helpful at work. Thought I was raising my hand. Thought I was being more motivating to my team. I'm not getting the results out of them I, I want. Let me reflect on that for a second. And you want to be as consistent as possible. But again, the other thing is maybe you go back to the creation and the planning phase. Maybe you built a brand that was too big. You know, as in the south they say too big for your britches. You know, so maybe maybe yeah, you you're a little too to make- big for your britches there. And and you, it doesn't mean you can't get there. does not mean you can't get there. It's like a musician that wants to go and do sellout stadiums. They probably started on a college campus or in a bar somewhere. Right. You'll get there if you are consistent with it and you start growing. But you've got to be open to those those little feedback pieces here and there along the way. And you might have to say no to some stuff. And that's the living part too. Is you you might have to say, you know, I got to be on my game tomorrow. Can't go out to dinner tonight.
1: That's it. Yeah, yeah. Like recognizing, okay. Like if this is my goal, then what do I have to do to meet that goal? And then what do I have to not do in order to meet yeah. that? Um, Absolutely. And I think sometimes when when it comes to measuring things, sometimes we can want we can want to measure the results. I think it's also important to measure the actions. So. If this is what I want to be known for, then these are the actions that are going to help me get there. So how can I measure those actions? Full disclosure, another piece of feedback that I had received as part of my personal brand was I was not, uh, I was not always punctual when it came to meetings. I would not arrive to meetings on time and I always thought, well, you know, I had back to back meetings and usually the previous meeting, I was always talking with somebody else because I like to talk to people. And so that would always cause me to be late to me, that was a valid excuse because you know I was spending time with the previous people, but the people that I were that I was meeting with saw me as not caring about them and that meeting in that moment to so not being punctual. So then what I decided to do was, okay, I need to measure a habit of punctuality, and am I on time? To all meetings doesn't mean like do did I stay the entirety of every previous meeting no the goal is to be on time to every single meeting and I would reward myself if I was on time to a hundred percent of meetings in a one month period at the end of the month I would reward myself with one new vinyl record
0: <laughs> I love it uh, but but I love that you ha- I mean you gamified it. Right. And and that's amazing because you gave yourself. And I really do believe there should be reward systems in life in general. Like I'm a big so. fan of that. Yeah, I'm a big fan. It, it's funny. You know, we praise our kids for for taking their first steps or you, you know, praise your dog for staying, you know, sit when you tell them to. But yet you do some monumental brand change and you don't be <laughs> we don't reward ourselves. So uh, I love that you do that. It's funny that you bring up the punctual one, though, because that's a lot of what I hear from teams when when in my consulting life, when we're working with organizations and we hear this a lot, that the managers in particular are always late. And so the team's sitting there and it's because the manager had some other crucial thing. But that's a really good blind spot that you recognize for yourself was, wait a second, it's what you were selling the next meeting was that their time wasn't as valuable or that theirs wasn't as important as the meeting before. And none of that was intentional. I, I mean, I, I barely know you, but I feel like I've known you my whole life at this point. Oh, like never uh, wanted to sell that. right? But that's the way that it came across. And so it becomes part of who you are. And I've had that with, with folks in my life that I've known too. And it's like, you're sitting at a table in a restaurant waiting 20 minutes for them. That's your brand. That's it, and so it's like okay. Well, I'm going to tell you dinners at five, and it's at five thirty, so you should.
1: <laughs> that is it. That there were a number of people, you know, um, in in my corporate role, even even in personal life, where we know, okay, if we say that we want to meet at this time, we need to tell them that we're meeting at this time, so that they'll arrive at the time that we all actually want to start.
0: Yep. Yep. Good. Good feedback information on that. <laughs>
1: All right. So when it comes to selling, one of the things you mentioned, you mentioned advocates, advocacy. And when we think about corporate brands, corporate brands love to have brand advocates that sell their company on behalf of them. The best marketing you can have is when other people talk about your brand. So I love the fact that you mentioned advocates as it relates to your personal brand. So how can you get other people to do that selling for you?
0: So you have to give them something to talk about. That's literally what it boils down to is if they don't have anything to talk about, then they're not going to. And it's just like if we have, let's put ourselves in a customer's shoes for a second. You go to a restaurant and you have an unbelievable dinner. It's an unbelievable experience. The servers work fantastic. You walk out of there and you're going to tell a couple of people how awesome that was because you have a story to tell. You go in there and it's absolutely miserable. The food was terrible. They were rude and awful and nasty. You're going to leave and you have a story to tell. You go in, you eat. It's fine. They're okay. Meh. Yeah. got nothing to say. So when we know that that's just as human nature, it's got to be really bad or really good. Pretty sure nobody listening to this podcast wants to be the really bad one. (laughs) I (laughs) hope. You wouldn't be listening to it otherwise, right? So we want to be that good story to tell. So we have to seek the opportunities to sell that part of our brand that we want people to talk about. So I talk about it in in terms of like having a sales plan. When you have a sales plan, you have goals. You look for the right opportunity. You establish trust. You ask for what you want and you follow up. Well, selling your brand is no different. My plan is to find people to be my advocate, to help me. You know, sell more record. Let's say in the, in the in the record space. So, sell more records. So you've got to find people who know that world who want to tell those stories because it's not going to make any sense if I'm talking to gardeners about that who have no interest in music. Right. So look for the people that you can make a connection with, and the best advocates you will ever have are the people that you have made a direct impact on because they are the ones. Not only telling your legacy, but living it themselves.
1: I talked about earlier, it's like thinking about how you want others to feel when they interact with you. The ones that have had a really great feeling interacting with you, like they, they want to share that feeling with others.
0: It's very true. And I think we've all had those people in our lives that you're drawn to. There's just something about them. Like when you meet them, you're like, There's just, I just want to be their friend. There's just something about them. If you've ever had that, try to unpack what it was about them that was so engaging, that was so attractive to you. And those are things that likely when you're creating your own brand plan, you want to be living up to. Like we started to emulate people and we start saying, oh gosh, you know, I want to be that punctual guy or gal. I want to be that stylish guy or gal. I want to be that, that author. I want to be that podcaster. And you start looking at those pieces. But What were those little, you know, they call them X-factor pieces. What were those little pieces of the facets of their brand that were so magical? Because I really believe that everybody has magic in them. I do. I I honestly believe that. I think everybody's got superpowers, as I call them in the book, that they bring to the world. And you're not doing anybody any favors if you're hiding them. So I really want people to bring their superpowers to the forefront. But that's where you've got to have those interactions so those other people get to tell that story.
1: And as you were talking about, like, I I immediately thought of one of my friends that I've gotten to know over the past year, year and a half. And I was thinking, okay, well, what is it? What, what is it about them? And I thought, you know, I realized, you know what? When I'm meeting with them, they give me their undivided attention. I never see them, you know, getting on their phone while I'm talking to them. And to me, like, that means, well, like I feel special. And I feel valuable when I'm around them because they give me that undivided attention. So when I'm interacting with other people, am I doing that?
0: Yeah. And that's really hard. I mean, we're, we're, you know, part of the selling of your brand is we're competing against all of the distractions in the world. And if you go to the grocery store and you stand in line, most of the time people are sitting there on their phones, right? They're they're not. I'm that gal that still likes to talk to everybody. I talk to people on the airplane. I'm her. So if you don't want to talk, don't sit next to me. But <laughs> yeah, you do. <too. laughs> I like that. But, but it is interesting because it's those little interactions. You're selling yourself one way or the other. And so if you're that person that's completely oblivious to the fact that the guy or gal behind you only has one item and needs to check out and you got a cart full of 47 things, you just sold them something and you didn't even open your mouth. That's right. And they have an impression of you now.
1: This may happen beyond just our our professional roles. It can happen like when we're out and about in the world, people are noticing us even if they don't even know us and we don't know them. This is really interesting. I attended a conference over the past couple of days and yesterday somebody sat behind me and halfway through the day, he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Hey, you're really familiar. You look really familiar. Have we met before? And like I looked this kind guy of like I I I know I didn't know him. I was like, I don't believe so, but maybe you we know, maybe we've seen each other around. And turned out that he lives in the same town that I live in and realized that he had just seen me out and about around town. And I thought to myself, what if? What if he had caught me on one of those days and he had seen me out and about in town when I was having one of those bad mood days and I was not mm-hmm. acting the way that I want my personal brand mm-hmm. to be, would he have been compelled to have tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, how's it going? Or he would have been like, there's that mm-hmm. jerk that I saw a few weeks ago. I don't want to talk to him.
0: Yeah. It's it's living your brand day in and day out and what you're selling to the world. And and, and I even talk about this in the book, but like if you can't do that, then that day stay home. And do what I do. You eat fruity pebbles on your couch with your dog. Like that's fine (laughs) if you need a day, because it it is hard. There's a newscaster that I talk about in the book who says he's Sean plus ten percent, and that's absolutely. And and I I think that's true. If you have any sort of public-facing role as a manager, as a salesperson, as a media podcaster, an author, speaker, any of those things where we're interacting with people. Just know yourself and know your limits. And if you can't sell it the way you want to sell it, give yourself a break. You're human. We're not robots.
1: Right. Absolutely. It's okay. But now there are going to be times where you don't stay home eating Fruity Pebbles. You do go to work. You do go out in the community. And then you end up doing something that, you know, from a brand management background, I like to call it, and you like to call it, doing something off-brand. Yeah. So. You've already created that off-brand experience. What can you do, one, to recognize when you go off-brand, and then when you do go off-brand, what can you do to recover from that?
0: The first thing is to recognize it. if you've done a really good brand plan and you were living that brand, you know it yourself. Yeah. If you don't know it, then, and somebody had to tell you, then I'd go back to that brand plan again. I'd, I'd literally go back to the brand plan and say, okay, maybe this isn't who I thought I was or who I wanted to be. And then to fix it, and it's just the same as in your your brand and brand management of an organization or or a product or a service, you own the mistake. You own that you went off-brand. And then you're going to have to sell twice as hard, at least for a little while, to get back on track. Because what ended up happening when you went off-brand, and this is something people don't think about with personal branding and sales, and that's why I call it selling yourself, because no sale happens without trust. I don't care if you're selling yourself a product, a service, it does not matter. I will not pick that product off of the shelf unless I think it is going to work. They're not going to pick you. They're not going to advocate for you. They're not going to support you. They're not going to believe in you. They're not going to talk about you unless they trust. Well, when you've got off-brand, people view that as a reflection of the down. So you didn't just go off-brand for yourself. You went off-brand for everybody that advocated for you. Wow you broke their trust. And so you're going to have to re-engage, sell a little bit harder to earn that trust back.
1: That's pretty heavy. And when you think about that way, when you think about all those people that are advocating for you, going to bat for you, that puts even more, I don't want to call it pressure, but it, it puts more pressure on you to make sure
0: that you stay on brand. And if it is a brand that you really want to be, it won't be that hard. You know, we're we're kind nice. of doing this in sort of this vacuum space of, you know, we're building this brand. Everybody's got one that's listening today. And, and anybody that's, that's literally paying attention to branding in any sense, whether it's a, a product or a person, what you're looking at is consistency in that brand. And that's what you want. I mean, that's why there are, you know, companies that have been around for hundreds of years selling the same product in the exact same packaging because it just works. <laughs> it's because people can trust it and I can tell you how great it is. But if there was a hiccup, if there was a problem, then we've got to really go back to repair. And that's when you also go back to that brand plan in a way of getting the feedback and owning the feedback. Maybe something actually happened prior to the off-brand moment. Maybe it was unraveling before you even got there and you just didn't have the awareness around it. So it's a good time to do that evaluation again.
1: Right. And then being able to understand, okay, like you were saying, was there anything that was happening before then that either created the environment for you to go off-brand or that triggered you to go off-brand? So then how can you recognize those triggers and how can you create the boundaries to keep those triggers either from happening or at least from affecting you?
0: That's exactly right. And I talk about that in planning the brand, too, is like know what those hot buttons are that you have. We all have them. We're human. You know, we've all got them. But like to use your example of walking in the neighborhood. Maybe you did have, you know, not your usual smiling face on that day because you were absolutely exhausted. Maybe you did a three-city tour and you were exhausted that day and you were like, look, it was all that I could do to put on sweatpants and go out to the gas station. You know, like, that's fine. But you know what's funny is when you would engage with that gentleman at that conference, you would be able to tell that story. And you would be able to say, dude, I remember that day. It was rough. You know, I had just come off of a red eye da, 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 and and own it, but own it and say, yeah, was not, was not my usual self that day.
1: I hope that I didn't appear to be a jerk because I was
0: feeling really exhausted and not myself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And 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 I, again, but you're owning it. And that's yeah, the thing. And I think that, where people a- don't own it is where you just continue to create distrust with your community and your advocates, because all you're telling them when you don't own it is that you don't believe the feedback.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And when you don't believe the feedback that you don't care.
0: Yeah. And that's not what we want to sell.
1: (laughs) Not at all. Oh, wow. Well, I, I have learned so much just from this conversation and thank you for answering all the questions, but I have one last question for you, Dr. Cindy. If you were to create a five-song soundtrack for Sell Yourself, what songs would you include?
0: So this is an unbelievably difficult question to answer because I'm a huge music fan. So the first one is, I got to say, Good As Hell by Lizzo. Okay. Because there's a little swagger in that one. So there's there's some swagger. And I want people to recognize there is nothing wrong with owning your superpowers. And I think we're taught, you know, oh, no, you don't want to do this. You know, humble brag. No, no, no. own your superpowers. Second one is Lady Gaga, born this way. Be you. Be you. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't try to fit in somebody else's shoes. Just be who you truly are. And then express yourself by Madonna. Wow. Now, I'm going way back for this one. Hopefully people remember. But. Oh, yeah. When I went back and I was thinking about all these songs and I was trying to think of songs to, that are more pump-up songs. Of course. And, yeah. and what I would want people to feel. That was one where it's like, no, express who you are. And that is a sale tactic. Expressing yeah. yourself is selling your brand. So that was the third one. And then Perfect by Pink. You're perfect. Nice. And that one simply because I want people to recognize we are all perfect the way we are because we're perfectly flawed own that too. Own all of it. No one, you know, if we were all perfect, what in the world would we have to strive for? <laughs> and then the last song is You Gotta Want It by Roberta Gold. Oh,
1: wow. Wow. Very
0: <laughs> had to go a little further.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But but still, I mean, you t- to your point, all these songs, when you think about them, they help build you up and give you that confidence in your personal brand. This is who I am. And I can be confident in that. Love that. Yep. Cool.
0: I was, I, I had some runners up. I had some Imagine Dragons in there. I ah. had some, actually I had some Nirvana in there. I had some other ones, but I wanted those that if somebody was going to create a playlist yeah. to live their most powerful personal brand, that these were the, the songs they could identify with. And I, by the way, I love that question.
1: <laughs> well, I do too. Thank you. Thank you for playing along. Well, I've 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 learned so much from your book. I've learned so much from you today, but where can people go to learn more from you?
0: They can go to sellyourselfbook.com or drcindy.com.
1: Two simple places to go and get a much deeper dive into this to grow a powerful, thriving personal brand.
0: Absolutely.
1: Well, Dr. Cindy, thank you so much for your time today.
0: Thank you for having me. This was great fun. I really appreciate you having me on your show.
1: I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Dr. Cindy McGovern. So go and learn more from her at drcindy.com. And go ahead and pick up your copy of Sell Yourself. It'll help you transform your personal brand into one that'll help you get to where you want to go in your career. And if you're enjoying the Simple Brand Podcast, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It's going to make it so much simpler for you to get future episodes like the next one featuring Brittany Hodak. Brittany's an international keynote speaker, award-winning customer experience leader, and now a best-selling author. Brittany was on the Simple Brand podcast back in episode 67, but this time she's coming back to discuss her new book, Creating Superfans, How to Turn Your Customers into Lifelong Advocates. And the book releases next week. Brittany and I discuss her lessons from creating superfans, including her model to help you and your team create and deliver a customer experience that'll keep your customers coming back again and again. So go ahead and subscribe, and you'll automatically get Brittany's episode as soon as it's live. And while you're at it, go ahead and pre-order Brittany's book, Creating Superfans. It launches next week, but word on the street says it'll likely sell out on Amazon on day one. So go ahead and order it now so you can have it as soon as it releases. Until then, keep it simple.